right. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 33. Today we have the amazing Natasha Pakin in the building. Um, she's with uh, New Horizon Development Group. She's the director of client experience. She is awesome. I've known her for a while now. And we just want to take a second to say thank you. Episode 33. Can't believe we're here for everybody tuning in. Um, you know, just very grateful to, to give back to, to such a great community that's creating entrepreneurs and leaders just like Natasha and really coming together and offering up wisdom, insight, and uh, and getting to know the, you know, the face behind the name. So Natasha, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. I can't believe I'm here either. This is such, it feels like a rite of passage into the <laughs> local business world to be on the Guest Life podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. So um, I was uh, fortunate enough to meet, meet Natasha through the uh, the WeHBA. We're, we're uh, both active members in, in that uh, community, which is you know, forever rising. I think our under 40 events, uh, you know, not toot my own horn because I took over from John Anthony. But, uh, you know, those events are pretty powerful and, and the groups just keep getting better and better, I think. They do. And it's such an amazing um, place to make connections with other local people that are um, in the similar industry to us, but also just um, in that passionate, motivated space of being entrepreneurs like yourself or um, in a family business like myself um, and just really living for the work that they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, as we kind of grow and get into business, I find it's so interesting the dynamic between like working for self, working for someone, being a manager, family business, uh, just entrepreneur, and I think like you know the diversity in that group is is very that everyone's moving forward, mm -hmm. everyone's trying to get better. Whether it's you know self learning, whether it's group training, um, I know we've had some fantastic speakers come in. Neil Thornton's coming in um, soon, and like just learning from that. But also, you know, we just started a little group where we're talking about tech. You know, and, mm -hmm. and what kind of tech is used at each each company. And uh, it's interesting when you take out the dynamic of like competition and everyone's just trying to help everybody. Mm -hmm. I find that's uh that's a special place. That's so true. And that small group we started has been so valuable on the simple tool of just learning what cloud function we should be using <laughs> in our office. And it's just a group that got together and started talking about it. So Yeah. And it's funny because there's not even a drink in your hand when you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so far. Yeah, so far. So uh, so a little bit about Natasha. Again, I, I've had the, the fortunate pleasure of knowing her and getting to know her. But Tell us a little bit about what you do and what your position is at New Horizon and uh, and how you come to be this uh, this young entrepreneur. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, for starters, New Horizon, we're a primarily residential real estate development company. So we specialize in mid high rise developments in the GTA West, but also townhome developments, custom homes, renovations. Um, and I've been with New Horizon full time now for um, just about four years. And my title right now is Director of Client Experience, as you said. So yeah. what that really means is um, overseeing all of the touch points we have with our clients. So, you know, starting from marketing to sales, when we interact with um, people that are considering being uh, becoming our clients and then moving into once they do become our clients, um, their experience of purchasing that home and then coming to our design center and picking the selections for their new home. And then ultimately, you know, doing their first walkthrough and picking up their keys and then having service in their new home after the fact. So yeah. it's really exciting to be a part of that because ultimately I'm just 
tagging along on, you know, one of the most exciting journeys of their life and <laughs> getting yeah, to contribute to that. Yeah, one of the biggest purchases, right? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And like, you know, as you were explaining it, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I'm sure it's like when people talk about business, it's like, did you think about this? Did you think about that? So mm -hmm. like, how do you manage, like how many people do you manage? What does that role kind of consist of? Good question. Um, we're we're growing, so the the number of people is growing um, is growing right now. But basically, we have um, you know a sales and marketing division that are headed up by a, a sales manager and marketing manager, um, and then similar with our design team, we have two managers there, and um, in the client relations team, a manager there, and then you know the the broader team below them, and. Um, I mean, really, these people are what make these teams function so well because they all kind of embody the same values and the same goals. And we're a really tight knit, passionate group. So, um, you know, that is really helpful into making sure that uh, our clients are feeling that same positive, fun energy with their purchase that we're kind of exuding. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know it can be overwhelming. I, I remember signing my first house, like, what did I do? <laughs> right? Like, where have I gone yeah, wrong? Yeah, right? and a lot of people feel that way, and a lot of people um, don't know what to expect, and especially first-time buyers never having done this before. Um, they come into it a little bit fearful, obviously. For it's sure. a big move, and um, to be there, to be able to provide them with a little bit of guidance along the way is just so rewarding. Yeah. Well, I bet like it's, it's like helping create something special. Right. Mm -hmm. Not only on the actual construction side, but they get to put their own twist on it. I'm sure that's kind of an interesting place to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even just to to get to know them through that journey and then to be able to say, oh, you know, what color did you pick for your kitchen? Or, um, you know, how did the, the flooring in the bathroom turn out? Like to be able to watch that whole journey after having just met them when they called in to ask about an upcoming development. It's really cool to be there. Yeah. And I think, you know, from personal experience, before I got into that industry, I didn't realize kind of the the end product and also how great the end result could be until I started meeting you know people like yourself that it's like wow there's there's a whole experience with it it's not oh I just bought a new house it's mm -hmm. no you get to pick it you get follow-ups there's a warranty process right you make you get to make sure that it's right right mm -hmm. you get to work with the designer you get to you know put your own twist on something that's built for you Exactly. And the challenge and the opportunity we have now with that is being able to still provide that really personalized experience at a broader scale. So um, making every client feel that there are one client, no matter yeah. how many different ones are building a home for at the same time. Yeah. We always say no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about what else you got going on, right? Exactly. Like, uh, you know, as you grow and, and you start, I know that we felt that pain here just... It's like, well, I'm, I'm bigger now. I'm busier. I can't answer every single phone call you have. Like, yeah, don't never an excuse. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I hate using the word competition, but do you find that the, the industry is elevated now that there's so many, um, you know, different players in the game where it's like people do have options and choice? Do you find that's a, that's a positive kind of rise up in the industry? For sure. Um, and there is a there. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of options and choice, but there's also a lot of demand. Um, so totally. I think what we're seeing right now is uh, a huge influx of demand in the GTA HA West. And 
um, you know, not the supply to match that. So even though um, there are so many different builders and different products and, um, you know, you might be launching a condo while someone right down the street is launching a townhome development. So there is that different choice. Yeah. Still in general, there's just um, such a shortage of supply right now totally. that, um, yeah, we're really feeling that in the past couple of years. Oh, I can imagine. And like, I'm sure like, you know, you're, you're, the business is doing some really far in advance thinking of like, hey, where can we put a development? And, you know, we know the, the struggles with the city and, and for anybody listening, like, you know, just because there's a tower going up or, or a townhouse complex going in or a row houses being built, it didn't just happen overnight, right? How long for does that sure. process normally take? Oh, it can take years. <laughs> we have um, we have one future development right now that's been a nine-year process so far, and we're not even close. Wow. <laughs> so that's kind of the upper end of things. Um, and, you know, it can happen in as quickly as potentially a year or so if it's wow. um, – if it's on the quicker end of things. <laughs> yeah, right place, right time. I'm sure exactly. those are harder to come by now because of the demand, right? For a lot sure. more people looking for those quick turnarounds. and They are. And even just, um, I mean, a shortage of land for sale. You know, there's, yeah. uh, there's not that much out there to um, house what needs to be built right now. So that can often involve processes like rezoning and, um, and changing the definition of what that land is supposed to be used for just because of the changing market. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's so interesting on a dynamic standpoint of like business models and how they change. And I'm sure you guys have to adapt on the fly. For sure, we do. And I mean, you know, it's interesting to kind of watch and be able to learn from what's happened at our past or our current developments and how the market has responded to certain designs in order to apply those to something that is going to come into play years from now. And, you know, we might have gone two years through a planning process for something, but something in the market changes and we have to change the plan for that development, no. even though we've made it this far, just knowing that the market's changing and you have to adapt. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure in a, uh, the last couple of years have been kind of going like crazy, but it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And, you know, mm -hmm. We're not going to get into that topic, but I mean, it's, it is wild to see uh, and, how, and how creative you can be, right? Like, especially with this land development um, opportunities. I know uh, Spencer McKay um, yes. that we both know, um, you know, I went to high school with Spencer and like, no I, had no, I, yeah, I had no, <laughs> no idea what he did. And, uh, and like learning about, oh, like just cause that land says it's only supposed to be doing this. Well, we can we can challenge that and we can right. do something else right and for anybody listening sometimes you know zoning and a plot of land you know you can only build you can't build a you know a 10-story building on a single family home just because it's toronto and you have the square footage um but you could put a parcel together which might be a couple single family homes and and put together uh a development there for anybody tuning in that doesn't really understand what we're talking about. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's totally right. And um, it'll be really interesting, especially in the recent changes to the the kind of city of Hamilton specific planning regarding that um, urban boundary expansion, which I also won't get too much into. Yeah. But basically, with the decision made that um, the growth can no longer go out, we have to go in and up. So, you know, that's really going to apply in Hamilton specifically in the next couple of years. Yeah, we're going to get some views of the water, which would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you've been in the business four years. It's a family business. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get here? How are you, how are you in front of the mic? And, and how did you become director of client experience? 
Great question. Um, well, I started coming to the office when I was probably a couple months old. <laughs> when I was old enough to start stamping envelopes, I did that. Yeah. And um, it's one of those things where I uh, feel very fortunate because, um, first of all, my dad who started New Horizon, um, we, we both get along very well together. So, you know, him always having a place for me at the table provided a lot of opportunity for me to learn and to see that this was something I really wanted to get involved with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, skip ahead to university age. Um, I went to Bishop's University in Quebec to study accounting. Okay. Um, wasn't sure if I wanted to become an accountant, but knew that if I wanted to work in the marketing side of things, um, an accounting degree wouldn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> so for I sure. did that. Um, and then ultimately graduated. And the one piece of advice that my dad always gave me was, um, go work somewhere else before you come here and don't come here until you're ready to stay. Because if you come and you leave, you're not welcome back. No way. <laughs> you can't just jump around like that. I love that. So it was good advice because it made me really consider um, when to make the move uh, to join New Horizon and not to rush that. Yeah. So let's just take a second there. And that's going to be the tidbit of the entire thing just so far. <laughs> so family business, go work somewhere else before you come here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And if you're coming here, make sure you're going to stay. I love it. Yeah. It, okay. I mean, it really helps with just um, earning the respect of those around you, especially because, um, you know, you can't be jumping in and out. They're not going to rely on you for anything. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I tried some other things in the marketing field. And, and was it marketing that you got into? It was. Yeah. So um, I did some uh, summer jobs in real estate specific marketing, um, more on the agency side of things, which was also a great experience to learn how um, that side of the spectrum works in terms of uh, when your clients are the builders. Okay. So that was really helpful. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then um, kind of actually worked in a completely different space right after graduate at the school I used to go to, um, Hillfield Strathallen College. Okay. And that was in the admissions and marketing side. So it was almost um, uh, promoting the school to new parents and yep. um, being kind of like the salesperson, for lack of a better word, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for that school. So, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a cool, uh, really different experience, but still, um, you know, heavily involved in um, the marketing and sales side of things. And then um, I was covering a maternity leave contract there. So once that contract ended, I kind of, you know, realized how much I had been thinking about New Horizon. And I was like, it's the time. No way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And and, and I really love the, the conversation about trying different things. And also, how much perspective did that give you on the position that you have now? So much perspective, and even just from the perspective of being an employee. I mean, knowing uh, what it means to function as part of a team or to report to a manager and knowing how different styles of leadership feel um, from an environment with which you're not familiar. Um, that was so helpful to bring with me. And I had an amazing manager um, in that job who taught me so much about um, just how to lead and how to lead by example more specifically. So wow. um, yeah, I'm very grateful that I, that I had that opportunity to learn that. Oh, that's so special. I think, um, you know, when people talk about management styles and also becoming a manager, I find it's like, you know, less we forget. And it's talking about those dynamics and like, you know, how to get the most out of people, but also like not in a, 
not in like a, I don't want to say condescending way, but like not with an intention, right? Like the goal is, is we're a team and we go together and everybody has right. a responsibility. You're not trying to manipulate someone into doing something just because. Right. That's so true. And um, I think leading by example is a great way to put it because ultimately you're all in it together. Yeah. And the way you function is the way that your team is going to function. Um, and, you know, on top of that, I think, you know, in a leadership role, it's really important to teach your team around you to focus on what you can control because there are so many unknowns and so many things thrown at you all the time that um, to create a work environment that doesn't get phased when something new is thrown at you and yeah. that just gets together and says, okay, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> That's, That's so important. And how have you, and you, you've brought that into the new horizon lifestyle and, you know, everyone's talking about culture lately and it's like, it's cool to talk about it. It's another thing to have it and it's another thing to live it. Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, you know, when I joined New Horizon, I mean, it's been nearly 30 years that it's been in business. So I only joined a short a few, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I walked into a place that had an amazing culture and a really tight knit team. Um, we have people on our team that are with us and, you know, have been with us since New Horizon was three people working out of a storage closet in downtown wow. Hamilton. Really? So, um, yeah, that has really, that culture has really carried through. Oh, um, that's nice. So, you know, our, our team's amazing and um, uh, there's no question that, that the culture's there because of them. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it, you know, getting to know the team and I find people come and go and and, and it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people try to hold on to relationships for whatever reason just because they've been there a long time. But I find like as you build that culture and as people are going to get, I'm sure as you guys have grown, it scares people, overwhelms people. Um, and also like just like I'm sure you had with your manager, um, they don't own you. So, you know, you move on and you grow and right. they have you for that position. And that's where that leadership comes in, where you just get the best son of a person. You make them their best version and, you know, have them have them help the business as they come. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's amazing. So in terms of now, so you, four years you've been working there. When we talk about leadership, I think, you know, there's so many different angles towards it. How have you you grown into your leadership position because I think kind of like we talked about before before air but people are talking about we, we have this analogy of the you know they don't know the end of the road so the high school basketball player which everybody that's tuned in has heard this before but the high school basketball player can't see themselves in the pros but you put that college pro there and they see those next steps which is high school to college college to pro and you know for you leading a team now um, and, and being involved in such an important piece of the business, how do you find your management style? And like kind of did you pick and choose or did you just kind of <laughs> go with the flow? Um, that's a great question. And I think going back to focusing on what you can control, um, that's certainly how I've grown into where I am now. Um, you know, especially being in the context of a family business, I think it's easy to experience what they call imposter syndrome, which is kind of doubting your abilities to <laughs> do whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that applies to family business or entrepreneurship, really, because oh, gosh, yeah. um, you're going out on your own and um, of course you're going to doubt your abilities to do that. Yeah. So that applies to everyone, I'm sure. And um, I think that, um, you know, over time, if I could 
you know, avoid wasting time thinking about that, to be quite frank, yeah. and just focus on the fact that, um, you know, you're showing up as first in the office, you're leaving as last at the end of the day, um, you're dressing professionally, you're showing up to meetings on time and, you know, with, uh, <laughs> with the knowledge you need to have, which seems basic, but when you're starting um, at such a young age with perhaps not as much experience as others, it's all those little things that build up to the fact that people um, are going to rely on you and are going to know that you're contributing to their team. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that like the imposter syndrome is such a nail on the head there. Like it was such a big thing for me in my career. And I found once I got over that and realized that people that did know didn't expect you to know, and they appreciated when you asked them, made mm. them feel important, empowered them. But also, as you're, as a manager, I'm sure you're a lot younger than most of the people that you manage, if not all. It's like as long as they feel supported, they don't want to be in that manager role anyway. So it, it, you're taking the brunt of it and using them for what they're really good at and what they love to do. That's true, too. And I mean, even, um, you know, perhaps having a challenging experience with a client who's having a less than perfect experience with you, you know, to come in and be that person. And like you said, um, perhaps be so much younger than your client you can really question your ability to help them in that moment yeah but i think if you just um you know make your intentions clear and you know sincerity always comes through in the end um, for sure ultimately they're going to appreciate that yeah and <laughs> the, the my coach says surrender the result of the outcome <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah. So whatever the outcome could be, let's not worry about it. Let's just, you know, deal with it, ask the question, deal with the hard conversation head on, and the outcome will come. So surrendering that result before helps with that imposter syndrome. I know Craig's probably listening. So helps with that imposter syndrome, you know, allows anxiety <laughs> to be lowered and, and you can go into relationships and situations calmly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, you know, a huge piece when it comes to, I'm sure you guys are doing some serious volume now where there's a lot of clients, a lot of client facing opportunities that can go, you know, you have to be one person in front of the client and then the door closes and you're dealing with team challenges, which is, you know, say a client's upset, which happens or really happy, which just happens. It's that reflection piece of how do we either let's do that again or let's avoid that in the future instead of right. just, you know, beating yourself up or getting too excited. Right. That's so true. And that come up, comes back also to, um, I just think, the amazing abilities of our team uh, that we have right now and just their their ability to pivot in those situations when we learn. Um, you know, an example, most recently, we built our first luxury condominium on the waterfront of downtown Burlington. Yep. And this was a first for us. So there were a lot of learning curves, um, a lot of uh, new experiences there. Yeah. And, you know, our clients stuck with us through it all and um at the end of it ultimately we made it our goal to reach out to all 151 clients um individually once they got their keys to wow. try and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with as many of them as uh, as had the time for that and just really learn from them and i think back to um the very first person that moved in you know while the lobby's not even done <laughs> there you know it's uh, very much still under construction and having that conversation with him after being the very first person in the building and immediately taking what we learned and applying it to the second person to move in, taking what we learned from the second, applying it to the third and yeah. just constantly evolving our processes to try and um, better the experience for our clients. 
So that is the definition of surrendering the result, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is amazing because again, like, you, you know, you go into it with fear as we all do with a lot of situations and, and you come out with it, I'm sure a huge weight off your shoulder wasn't nearly as, you know, overwhelming as I'm sure you expected it to be being again, like you said. Um, and I'm sure that person, whoever it was, was so appreciative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for sure. And I think that, um, you know, it goes back to just kind of giving yourself to the process and knowing that if you're putting your best foot forward and your full intention into giving your all to that process, then yeah. everything will fall into place after that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So talking about the process and where you guys are at now, and I know you guys are you're at scale and you're growing and you're moving and shaking. Um, you know, what are the next steps for New Horizon? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? <laughs> that's a great question. Also, we um, we see ourselves in a lot of places. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You <laughs> don't mean... have to disclose everything, but more, <laughs> we're here for you today, not just New Horizon. So no, for where sure. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? What do you love? Honestly, I mean, I kind of got into this role just in the past year. So it's kind of new oh, and I really love it. So I see myself here for a while um, to go and there's a lot more I'd like to do in the space. So that's me personally. Um, new Horizon, we're still kind of in our same catchment area, building between um, everywhere from Oakville to Brantford, Cambridge and Beamsville. That's kind of the triangle if you okay, can imagine cool. it that way. Um, it's and a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, sticking within that area is kind of our plan. And we have, you know, nearly 1500 units under construction right now. Wow. Um, and then another um, 7000 coming through the pipeline after that. So ultimately, the next five years are going to be bringing a lot of those um, developments that we've been working on the design and planning for to the market, which is really exciting. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you think about it and you, like, does that overwhelm you? Does that excite you? What, how does that, how does Natasha feel? <laughs> I feel excited. <laughs> that excites me. Yes, definitely exciting. Um, and, you know, it's ultimately getting to that point of having a development approved and ready to sell. That's what you're working towards for years at a time, yeah. like we've talked about. So, um, you know, that's one of the most exciting positions to be in in this role is just to say, finally be able to say, this is what we've been working on. <laughs> for years and it's here now (laughs) unveil the curtain Mm -hmm. oh man it's so exciting and then again it's it's nice and and, you know for people tuning in talking about consistent growth and positions and raises and stuff like that i find um some of the people that i've dealt with at a younger scale too they want to get to the top so quickly but understanding the process that comes with it right like even in business if you look back at you know you know I, i look at my career and sometimes forget how long I've been doing it, but it's like, you know, I started as an apprentice, right? It's, but it's all that, that is the process to being where we're at now. Right. And those leadership roles that you find, like, you know, you're very involved in the WeHBA and it's like, so is that part of it? You know, it's, it's like, yes, it is. Right. Cause you start freeing up your time, but also just adding more to your plate. I wouldn't say free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little overzealous. But, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, all these things are stepping stones in the right direction to put more chips in your pile so that you can better service whatever industry you're going into, you know, whether it's building or plumbing or HVAC or being you know, on a podcast, you know, a lot better today than I was in episode one. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, that's so exciting. So, 
we talked about business. We've talked about the journey, you know, four years, your schooling, your, your early jobs. Now it's how do you balance your personal and your work life? Because everybody <laughs> wants that. I think fuck balance. But how do you, uh, you know, what do you do in your free time and, and how do you manage or is it just all work? No <laughs> well, I think, um, like you said, you understand this well because from the entrepreneurship point of view or from the family business point of view, um, your work life and your personal life are kind of one and the same. They're your life. Um, so I'm also not the greatest person to speak to about balance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my sisters often tease us sitting around the dinner table that uh, they didn't know they walked into a business meeting, but it just happens sometimes. And um, I think that's what comes with being in, um, you know, a business that you love and a line of work that you love. And um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't have any secret of keeping it separate because it's very much together. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's one of the benefits of, uh, of having that flexibility in a family business context where you can, you know, attend WHBA events like you're talking about and, and have some sort of professional development on the side, but also your phone's never off and you're always kind of there for the rest of your team. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something where it's, um, it can be very overwhelming, for people that are looking into that, where they're like, I should have this work-life balance. And I think the more people I speak to on the podcast, the more kind of normalized I'd, I like to make it, which is like, yeah, shut your phone off or work a four-hour work week or read a book or something like that. Sure. But let's be honest. If you don't hate what you're doing, I don't mind having my phone on, right? Mm -hmm. The people around me respect that I'm running a business and I'm, you know, striving for excellence. And one of the things that my clients come first, you know, okay, family's first, whatever. But when we're talking about, you know, realistic day to day, obviously family comes first. You're going to drop everything and run. But like, eh, if a client calls, I'll drop a lot and run, right? <laughs> right. And, and I think, and, and I think so, that needs to be a little bit more normalized. For sure. And I mean, there is a difference too between, um, you know, having your work life part of your personal life and, um, not being present in the moment. And I think you can be That's a great at a dinner table with your friends and family and very present in that moment, just with your phone on sound in the background, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't have to be on it, but, uh, yeah. but be present in that moment and be on call. <laughs> yeah, no, I th that's a great point. And, and for everybody that knows what that means is it's not searching Instagram during the dinner table. Right. And I find sometimes it's like, Oh, you're never around anymore. And, and you go hang out with a friend and everyone's just sitting on their phone. It's like, well, you know, this is what, not what I thought about it. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where I like to kind of steer the conversation of, you know, the balance part of, of be as present as you can in those moments mm -hmm. um, and make time for things that are special. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> we're, we're coming down, but we always love to ask this question. So, you know, younger you getting into university, maybe getting out of university, maybe going to the first job, maybe not. What advice would you give to your younger self besides the imposter syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, I know I, I think I've said this twice already on this call, but I'm going to beat the nail in one more time. Yeah. Um, focus on what you can control. I would tell that to my younger self as well, too. I think, um, you know, like we said, I spent a lot of time worrying that because I didn't have to prepare a resume and go through an interview process to get my foot in the door like a lot of people do, that, um, you know, I was doubting the way people perceive me because of that. But it's 
um, what you do when you show up as well. Totally. And uh, if I could tell my younger self that, then I would just enjoy the showing up I was doing and worry a little bit less. Yeah, I love it. And I think, you know, as we kind of reflect on where we came from, you know, I have this conversation with a lot of friends that are that are either in business for self or, again, in the management role. It's like, it didn't matter if 10 people told me that. Um, <laughs> I'd have to live it myself. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, if you can take it away and just come with it at grace, I mean, one of the things that for me was huge was patience. I don't have patience. So I was like, okay, well, too many people are saying, be patient, be patient. So I came up with a concept called patiently aggressive. So it's, hmm. it's, I'll be patient. I just need to know why. <laughs> right? so, That's a good one. Yeah. So thank you so much, Natasha, for being on the show. Um, episode 33, uh, just with New Horizon, it's amazing. Guys, anybody tuning in, uh, Natasha is a great example of someone coming from a family business, really working her way up in the most professional manner with, with a ton of success behind her. And, you know, the future is extremely bright. Um, all the things that you're going to hear from today, you want to continue to hear on the podcast. So please check her out uh, with New Horizon Developments. We're going to have all the links and stuff in the bio. One of the questions we always want to ask ourselves is, is why not me and why not now? And I think that that goes along so much with what uh, Natasha's story is and how kind of everybody comes through this, this journey. Um, so always ask yourself that question. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in, everybody listening. If you can share and like any of the posts or comments, uh, it really means the world because we're trying to get the word out for the podcast. So Natasha, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. This was great. Perfect.